Nice uh, divergence there into uh, some hip-hop. Again, the uh, mythology is that hip-hop is not socially responsible. There are no hip-hop protest songs. Well, that is completely wrong, beginning with uh, The Jungle by uh, Grandmaster Flash. In 1979, I believe. Anyway, if you look into hip-hop at all, you'll see that it's uh, very hip politically. The statements are raw, they come out of experience, and they're angry, as we all should be. So we lost another very important person this week, Helen Fabella Chavez. She died uh, on June the 6th. Helen Chavez, who do you say that? Who's that? Well, let's talk a little about it. Um... Cesar Chavez, her husband, has come in for a lot of criticism 
both while he was alive and, and after he died in 1993. And uh, people say, oh, well, he um, kept the Union Central. He didn't have uh, election local elections at the sites. He only trusted people in his family. He was a uh, rampant, at times, anti-communist. Um, all these things are more or less true, but, but what I always say is, okay, you get in your 49 Dodge or whatever car he had and drive around California and organize farm workers, you know, living room meeting by living room meeting, church meeting by church meeting, going to talk to people wherever they were about a union. And this was not the first time that farm workers had attempted to unionize and make their lives better. Uh, beginning in 1826 with Indians at the uh, <clears throat> San Juan Capistrano Mission who stopped working because they were being treated too badly. Of course, this type of resistance goes back to the very first time the very pers first person was hired to work the very first job. At any rate, Chavez did that, but that's only part of the story because in stories like this, hero stories, for example, about Cesar Chavez, we tend to forget about the people who did things that made him possible to be a hero. And Helen Fabella Chavez was one of those people. She was born in 1928 in Brawley, California. Uh, her parents had come from San Jacinto, Sombrete, Mexico, and San Jacinto. They met when they came to uh, the U.S after the Mexican Revolution and eventually married in Los Angeles, California. Both worked as migrant laborers, so Helen knew from the very beginning the campesino life. Uh, when she was 15 and her father died, she left high school to support her family mother, two sisters, and four brothers, of whom she was the eldest. She worked in a grocery store and eventually made her way to working in the fields and vineyards full-time. Uh, she met Cesar Chavez in 1942 when she was 14 years old and still in high school in Delano, California. When he came back from his service in World War II as a ship's cook, which he hated, he began spending more time with her. She said later that they dated inexpensively, walking in the moonlight or perhaps a movie. And it was at one of these movies where Chavez, who was in uniform and in the Navy at the time, was uh, denied seating in the white section of uh, the movie theater. He was taken to, he was arrested and taken to the sheriff, but there was no charge. Uh, segregation in California was usually de facto instead of 
uh, institutionalized in the law, although just as effective and maintained by terror as was the uh, apartheid system in the South. They were married in a civil ceremony in 1948 at the time she was 20 years old, married in a church wedding in San Jose, and enjoyed a two-week honeymoon before settling into their new lives together. Although she was trying to start her own family, she remained the main source of income for her siblings and parents. And they settled permanently in Delano. The two of them grew to a family of 10 over the next decade, with a total addition of eight children. Now, that's some work right there. Helen Chavez was influenced from a very young age because of her father's involvement in the Mexican Revolution. Her role was juggling the competing demands of family life, sexual division of labor, and protest. Chavez and Helen were very traditional in their approach to uh, to the sexual division of labor. Chavez was persuaded by Helen to be to join, be a CSO organizer. That's when he met Fred Ross, and at first uh, turned him down because he was white. Her involvement, Helen's involvement in CSO activities is often overshadowed by her husband's political involvement. Although the volunteerism of Helen Chavez and other women behind the scenes made the CSO one of the most successful associations for Mexican Americans in California at that time. Now all the time while Cesar was out organizing or when Cesar was leading um, marches or when Cesar was uh, encouraging people to come out on strike in the fields, Helen Chavez was working to support her family. She also taught literacy classes for migrant workers during voting drives and later assisted people in gaining U.S. citizenship. So, Helen Chavez worked behind the scene as all people, all all prominent figures have people working behind the scenes, and most of the time, they're women. Uh, Her experience working in the fields made her an invaluable part of the spirit of the movement. And there, there were times where she did go out on the picket line and get arrested as depicted in the movie about uh, Cesar Chavez. On June 6, 2016, Helen Chavez died at a Bakersfield hospital at the age of 88. She had been fighting an unspecified infection. They also serve who raise the kids. They also serve those who keep 
food on the table for their families. They also serve who participate in picket lines, put themselves on the line. Helen Chavez, an important figure in the California labor movement. I want to go over those those uh, rap songs. I didn't really say much about them, but uh, first of all, we had Tupac's changes about how we got to make changes if we're going to live together peacefully. Public in um, sorry, stop the violence movement about self-destruction. The argument that we made last week about why do workers go out and kill themselves? Why should a worker go out and kill another worker just because he's from a, or she is from another country? The same thing goes in the neighborhoods. <clears throat> Stop the violence movement. Uh, MC Light, Cool Mo D, Heavy D talking about how the neighborhood is going to destroy itself. Why do we go out and kill our own? Why do young black men go out and kill one another? Or young Latino men or young white men go out and kill each other on the street when the real enemy is elsewhere? Helen Fabella Chavez this is The B, and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio, the Labor and Love Show. Mutiny Radio, Social Justice Radio for the Bay and Beyond. Here's a little more rap. This is Freedom of Speech by Immortal Technique, who's a Peruvian guy who was raised in Harlem. Here he comes. Just know that I'm a freak like the elephant man Intelligent plans, fuck a record deal I want development land with my benevolent clan And that's the reason that I only trust my fam 40,000 records sold, 400 grand Fuck a middleman, I won't pay anyone else I'll bootleg it and sell it to the streets myself I'd rather be that than signed and stuck on a shelf And because of this, executives try to diss me fuck yeah. Racism frozen in time like Walt Disney And now they say they wanna get me signed to the majors If I switch up my politics and change my behavior Trying to tell me what the rhyme about over the beat Bitch niggas that never spent a day in the street But I repeat that, nobody can hold my reins I put the truth on tracks, niggas, simple and plain I got no strings, so I have fun I'm not tied up to I guess to America, I'm a disaster oh, no. A slave that was destined to own his masters Independent in every single sense of the word I say what I want, you fucking little sensitive herb This is America, I thought we had freedom of speech But now you wanna try to control the way that I speak And O'Reilly, you think 
You a patriot? Yeah, right. You ain't nothing but a motherfucking racist bitch Full of hatred, pressing a button, trying to eject me But I don't got no motherfucking deal with Pepsi No corporate sponsor telling me what to do Asking me to tone it down during an interview Trying to minimize the issue, but I'm keeping it large I love the place I live, but I hate the people in charge Speaking is hard when you got strings attached So I'ma say it for you, cause I don't got none of that And if you didn't understand what I spit at your brain hey, yo, son, let this little nigga explain Son, y'all niggas know the way that I do ImmortalTechnique.com live for you And I know sometimes it be making you nervous The way I smash puppet rappers that belong in a circus You motherfuckers just can't compare Looking for a fan base that's no longer there I know that you're scared and you're hiding up in the cut But this is freedom of speech, nigga, tell them what's up Word, nigga, fuck John Ashcroft Nigga, fuck Fox News Fuck those snake-ass bitches trying to manipulate your opinion Telling you what to think Word the fuck up, nigga Like we invading, niggas Cause we wanna free them You racist motherfucker You don't give a shit about those people You can suck my dick <laughs> Relax, tech, relax Another rum and coke at the bar, nigga It's my day off Word up Fuck For the kids ah, For the kids Immortal Technique, um, and his song was Freedom of Speech, Immortal Technique, a Peruvian raised in Harlem. So I want to play a song now by a young woman from uh, San Isidro, and uh, I will do that, but I want to preface it with a uh, little bit of opinion about a case that's really gaining a lot of attention. The case of uh, Brian Turner. Brian Turner, in case you don't know, <laughs> is a, a young man from Ohio, 20-year-old guy from Ohio who was a champion champion swimmer and went to Stanford University um, in January he was caught in the act of raping uh, an unconscious woman uh, behind a dumpster two young Swedish guys, students who were riding around on their bicycles, saw what was happening, saw that the woman was not responding, and approached Brian, Brian Turner while he was at his grisly task. He tried to run away, but they tackled him. He was eventually charged with rape and convicted of rape. And uh, the judge, Aaron Persky, uh, could have 
put him into in jail for a, up to six years. Instead, gave him a six-month sentence, which, with good behavior, is reduced to three months. This prompted the victim, who uh, has elected to remain nameless and anonymous, to write a letter, a 13-page letter, which you can find on the web. Uh, I guess if you put in your search engine, Brian Turner, you'll be uh, able to find that letter. The letter has been heard now by tens of thousands of people. It's a very eloquent, eloquent, carefully worded uh, statement of a rape victim and what rape has done to her and how outraged she and other people are at this miscarriage of justice that this judge sympathized with the young man. The young man wrote a letter pleading with the judge and saying that he'd never been involved with drugs or alcohol before. He's just a kid from Ohio and he didn't realize the force that alcohol had, but this is also a, a lie. He, there are numerous um, emails back and forth with his friends about taking LSD, about taking various drugs, about drinking. The judge knew this and the judge ruled that he didn't want jail time to hurt this young man's chances. He's a good young man. He deserves another chance. The lightest sentence possible he gave him. Um, since then, this, the woman's letter has gone viral, as has Brian Turner's father's assertion that it's unfair that he should get so much jail time, we're talking about three months in reality here, for 20 minutes of action. Perhaps, as a white person, perhaps I'm more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt than not. I can't believe that anyone could be so tone deaf even if it wasn't sincere in, in trying to get leniency from the judge as to say this was 20 minutes of action raping an unconscious woman. Uh, I, I don't quite know what to say except the comment that one one uh, woman, in fact, a lawyer who who is heading a recall campaign against Judge Persky, if you look on the uh, Democracy Now website, uh, you'll see uh, she's organizing a campaign. But anyway, she said it. What's amazing is that it came to trial anyway. Only eight percent of alleged rapes against uh, 
men or women, mostly women of course, ever come to to trial, let alone uh, a trial that fits the crime. So this is an outrage. Uh, this is the male, the judge of course is a Stanford graduate himself. So what you've got is the Bruderboon, the male, um, I don't want to say plot, but the rape culture. And as we know, or as we should know, rape is a political act of subjugation to remind women what their place is, to remind them that one of those most valuable functions is to be a sex partner. And if that needs to be imposed on them by force, they need to be beaten or forced, so be it. Unfortunately, uh, Judge Persky has uh, played right into that. Um, there was a prior case that he, where he decided uh, for the defense in a rape trial. Uh, in that case, the woman's um, seven guys had jumped on a woman at De Anza College. Three guys came in and stopped it. They said she had vomited. They said she was not, it wasn't voluntary. Um, these seven guys were tried and the DA didn't want to uh, indict them. The DA didn't indict them. So in the civil trial, the young woman, the victim of this gang rape, was seen, her lawyers claimed that she had been, you know, irreparably damaged, she had been separated from her society, and allegedly she was seen in a, a video on Facebook, uh, dressed in, scantily dressed, and uh, some sort of playful guy was straddling her, and she was laughing. And the judge use this evidence to decide in favor of the defendants. In other words, they were not charged with any crime. They were not charged any money or any, didn't have to pay any damages. Which again, takes away from the act of rape itself. The young woman was raped <laughs> by seven guys. Now does that mean Assuming it's true, does that mean that she can't live her life and be who she wants to be? If she wants to be promiscuous, if she wants to go around in silk tights and be with guys willingly? What does that mean? That means that she can't do that. And as people on the internet say, well, she can't do that and claim that she's been really damaged and well of course she can she can claim anything she wants 
she didn't give her consent. That's what rape is. So, uh, I met a young woman in San Isidro and she has a song and I'm looking for it right now. Let's listen to the Las Cafeteras while I find that song. This is uh, La Pamba Rebelde.
was a Hisela with her song Standing on Top relating to uh, domestic violence specifically uh, men beating up their lovers or their wives or their children or each other and before that we had Las Cafeteras with a revolutionary take on La Bamba we struggle against injustice and racism. We won't go to war. And it's all to the tune of the Bamba. 
This is Labor and Love, and you're listening to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street. Social Justice Radio for the Bay and Beyond. And I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. I want to do uh, some shout-outs today. One to my daughter, Vita, who makes me prouder to be a dad each day. My soulmate, Sylvia Ramirez. And the whole family, the full catastrophe. Shout-out to Cousin Denny. Hope you're doing well up there in the hospital. Brother Charlie, who's a DJ like me, who blazed the path that I'm following. Okay, let's see what we got for our last one today. How about... The Traveling Soldier. Dixie Chicks? No, we don't have time for that one. Short one, maybe? Nina Simone, you turn me on.
Okay, we finished up there with Nina Simone and Turn Me On. I just want to add that this young woman's letter, the letter of this woman who was victimized by rapist um, Brian Turner, has now been read by 13 million people. And there's a worldwide call now for that judge, Aaron Persky, who just started a six-year term to be recalled. Um, such insensitivity is no longer surprising, but when it's sitting in a judge's chair, uh, it's very harmful. It's very harmful to uh, all women. Okay, you've been listening to Labor and Love. I'm the bee. And uh, we remind you on this show that if one person gets a dollar they didn't get, another person worked for a dollar. If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, pardon me, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, negotiating table that is, you're probably on the menu. You can count on that. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Thank you for listening and uh, see you next week. I wish you good work. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on MutinyRadio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Do you need an awesome 
random and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They get them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. happy hour what could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience puppets kittens unicorns porn maybe oh well stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every friday from 6 to 8 p.m but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at mutiny radio fm index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org so come live or listen 
watch a full length movie on YouTube with uh, me Mike Spiegelman himself in, in the flesh and I'm very excited to be here uh, this is episode 34 I believe uh, living time dated is the 29th of uh, January where the state of our union is slightly chaotic. I'm very excited, quoting Jake Tapper every Sunday. Uh, very excited to have Pam Benjamin. Hi. Hi, Pam. I love your new theme song. It is amazing. And it's your old theme song gets in my head and usually in the shower. And sometimes when I'm trying to go to sleep and all I can think is, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. I mean, it gets, it's serious. I'm not even kidding you. It gets stuck and it's just in there. Well, I have to, that is our co-host Carl. Carl all those songs. Thank you, Carl. Carl for writing yeah, great songs. Yeah, that one is definitely a earworm, as the kids say. Yes. Uh, why kids say that, I don't know. I, it's because they probably think there's a creature like that called an earworm. I mean, why would kids... Well, I, I guess it's a terrible thing to imagine something screwing into your head through we, your... I would accept uh, ear maggot. Ear, oh, God, that's way worse. That's way grosser. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to have you guys here. Uh, we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. The premise is that let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. So, we rebroadcast this, air this live every Sunday, 2 to 4 Pacific Standard Time, PM, here on MutinyRadio.fm. Just go ahead and click. And we do have our phone lines open. If you... Uh, Next week, want to call at the same time? You may, but if you're here listening live, call in 415-550-0511. If you are not listening to this live, I hope you're listening to this through our website. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. YouTube and Blogspot are both owned by Google, and they haven't even noticed yet. So I love them. <laughs> I love, you get I love in trouble them. for that? They'll let me know. Yeah. But uh, go ahead to that website, and we will have a link straight to uh, uh, Mutiny Radio's uh, RSS uh, MP3 podcast feed. Sure. And you can listen to the latest podcast while watching the embedded movie. It's so cool. So, uh, man, I just love to run my mouth. But if you go to YouTube, <coughs> happy uh, Chinese New Year. Thank you. I have not eaten my mooncake yet. You did not have your mooncake yet? No, but I do enjoy the weird Chinese sweet thing that is not always sweet with the egg yolk on the inside oh well, yeah there's some great stuff i uh, i'm a fan of the kind of bean soup 
type dessert. Gotcha. So, uh, but anyway, not change the subject. Uh, let's change the subject. Uh, there's a, a director named Johnny Toe, T.O., and he's directed or co-directed about 70 movies, and uh, every year he does kind of a, traditionally he'll do a movie before the Chinese New Year that is a comedy. I was going to play his great, great gangster movie, which is available on YouTube. Uh, but uh, before I do, I'm going to go ahead and before I even start the show, because even though we're, we're live, I didn't really prepare myself. Good work. Good Johnny, work, Dad. I'm going to go ahead and write help Johnny Toe and see if... Uh, uh, Johnny, so Toe with a T, how do you know it's pronounced Toe? Because that's the way you decided Oh, T-O? To that's because that's the way I've been pronouncing it for like 30 years, oh. 25 years, so I could be an idiot. Uh, no, all I got is Johnny Cash, so I guess that doesn't really help. It's, uh, and then he did a movie called Fat Choy Fever, which I did see. Fat Choy Fever. It's that, about what can it possibly be about? Fat Choy Spirit. Maybe it's Spirit. Is, that, is Fat Choy, was that like a, an, an emperor or something? No, like Gung Hai Fat Choy is Happy New Year. Oh! But this, right. but this one is actually about uh, a mahjong master. Actually, you know, let's go ahead. Before, oh, before we start, can you mind he, pulling up four? Let's go ahead yeah, and watch absolutely. the trailer to this movie because I don't see the full length movie of it. We're going to stick with the mission by Giant Toe because we're in the mission. But before we do, uh, see, they got the mahjong going on, the yacht. Celebrities, double egg sandwich, and he's, he's placed an order while running through a, a, a restaurant. So the four-star movie house in San Francisco shows a lot of his films, and a lot of people come, and when I saw this at the four-star, this Mahjong movie, a lot of people in the audience know the game, inside and out, that they were laughing at all the inside jokes about the place. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of a... Uh, King of Gambler, uh, Gambler, uh, King of Gambling uh, send up. So they're they're playing mahjong. See, they got a mahjong table and. Uh, Can you like this movie without liking mahjong? Yeah, I thought it was hysterical. I mean, the thing is, it's a Hong Kong movie, so the jokes are not gonna. For me, it's you know. Right, they all just put on red underwear and sat down with, over their pants. I guess that's Chinese humor for them. The good old red pants joke. I've heard of that. I've heard well, of the good old red pants. It's just there's a lot of pop culture references that I don't get. Right. But I, I absolutely love it. So, uh, Cantonese. Wow. The dulcet, sweet tones of the Chinese tongue. All right. All those great, weird sounds and tonal languages. Well, that's what I guess we'll be listening to because this movie does have subtitles. Wow, so I didn't know. Dude, I'm hungover. Aaron, you're going to make me read? This is crazy. Okay, uh-oh. I can handle it. I can handle it. Sorry, that was the start of the movie The Poker King, which just popped up. Another yeah. Cantonese. Uh, there's so much. I had no idea that there was this vast treasure on the YouTubes of Cantonese films. Oh, my God. So like, tons it goes of so deep. I, I can't even conceptualize how deep uh, the, the YouTube library right. is. So let's go ahead and let's start this movie. This is a film by Johnny Toe, and that's J-O-H-N-N-I-E, and then his last name is T-O, or maybe it's two. I, I, I mispronounced his name. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a film called The Mission. Uh, this is probably his best-known American movie, and it's available on YouTube, and uh, it's great. It's uh, If you love cities, if you love movies with no plots, or <laughs> just, well, gangster movies always have it. So uh, go ahead and type in The Mission, Johnny Toe. 
T-O, I-E. When you first and then, said the mission, I was thinking, like, we're in the mission, how appropriate yeah, it happens Yeah, we were to broadcasting be. from the mission. I did think of that. So the mission 1999 slash Tony Toe, and the subscriber who is posting it on his channel, his channel's name is PSP. E B six. So go ahead and click it, and once you see the screen, hit the pause button immediately while it buffers. Buffering, buffering. Do we? Uh, are you gonna give me any? And it's gonna kick right in. No plot. Okay, so well, no, no, there is a so uh, we'll, a we'll plot. let's start the movie because it is a an hour and a half film, but yeah, it's of gangsters who their mission is to protect a gang leader. Protect gang leader. Oh, you know what, I have, what am I doing here? Let me hang on a second. Did you press? Did you All right. press? So let's go ahead and do it. So I'm going to count down, and when you hear go, let's go ahead and click the play button and start our movie. Three, two, one, go. We are in. We are live. We are deep right now. There are yeah, Chinese symbols on the screen. Yes, and the English symbols. Oh, I got the sound up. That's all right. I'll, I'll keep it on for a little bit. All right. Uh, so usually you would watch this movie, and uh, it's in 1999, so video cassettes were still prevalent. But usually uh, they had a problem with Hong Kong movies during the late 90s because people would get bootlegs of the film when it came out. So when the mission came out, it was or one of his Hong Kong uh, Chinese New Year's movies, uh, people had already seen it because they had purchased a t uh, an illegal bootleg. And when you it, and that's like when someone I mean back in those days there weren't cell phones right so right. nobody was like holding up their cell phone and taking you, the movie. You it could was go like to the movie house. You could go to the movie house and see it, or you could buy a copy off the street. But if you bought a copy off the street, it was because someone went to the movie with a camera and sat it in their lap, right? And they Maybe. just they, that's how they filmed it. Yeah, or they got it from China. I mean, or, from Hong Kong. I mean, they got the original version. Aha. Uh because -huh. it's already produced by that point. So, but this, uh, he's made a lot of very funny uh, comedies, him, him with his partner, uh, and uh, we're just going to watch The Mission, which is basically, it starts off with Dance Dance oh, Revolution. Right. Yeah. God forbid. Classic. Classic. <laughs> well, you got to have every Hong Kong movie at an arcade. There we go. I, I didn't realize that the Dance Dance stand up and what is the Dance Dance Revolution or what's it called? Dance Dance, Dance Revolution. Dance Revolution. I didn't realize that was the late 90s that, that that existed and was so popular. Oh, it was around during the 90s for sure. And they had these crazy monitor dance stuff. It's a great it's a great game because it works in an arcade. It takes up physical space and it causes an attraction that people want to watch. Is that Sai? Is that that guy? Is that that guy that did Gundam style? Gundam style Uncle Gundam. Whatever. I don't think it's Sai. No. Okay. There's <laughs> so is it Sai Korean? Uh, oh, it's Cantonese. I see now. Okay, all right. Well, but the thing is that, I mean... I all right, so we already had a swipe. He's out there. He's walking around the city, having a smoke and drinking. And Hairstylist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And now we just... Camera goes to the, a different store away from the main character. And now this is this guy. Hey, this guy. So what I do like about... Oh, the star wipe began. No, and no point. Just he's a hairdresser. All right. Well, we're watching a man walk down the street and then the people surrounding him. I see. I, it's, and he's the gang leader? He's the special guy? We don't know yet. They haven't well, revealed that yet. I, you know what? I think he might be one of the uh, assassinators, assassinators. Is that what oh, it is? Assassins. 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 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like the baby-faced assassin. <laughs> Look at this guy. This is. He's I mean, taking. He's a. That's some interesting hair color for a. 
for that's a raccoon persuasion. This is actually, if you're a big fan of uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, that's the raccoon on his head. <laughs> He's going to have a little wisecrack. So, it's hair's voice by Bradley Cooper. Com- completely non sequitur. I like this movie. Last night, I befriended a raccoon on the street here outside of Mutiny Radio. Really? You know, like I, on the web, you became I, Twitter I fans? Became, no, I, I fed a pastry to a raccoon and I it, its little claws touched my hand and then I touched its fur its fluffy fur and it was so cute and maybe that's why I feel sick today I don't know right because it, it bit you no it didn't bite me but it talked to me I mean it didn't talk to me it it, it ate a pastry <laughs> with me and I befriended so you a made a pastry with a with a feral raccoon <laughs> I fed it to the feral raccoon oh, as a pastry right. and it was so cute he's got his little fingers he puts him out did you recreate that scene uh, from summer school when Mark Harmon feeds his dog peanut butter he no. licks it and then licks it off his own hand and he says hey wonder what we should get some bread <laughs> did you do that to the raccoon last no, night I didn't I no. didn't no. any other feral animals you encountered last night um George is kind of feral. He was hanging out. George. He's kind of a feral animal. George is kind of a feral animal. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So here's Pee Wee Herman. He's oh, at a right. bar. Uh, is it buddy? I am really interested in how these people are expressing themselves with their hair. I didn't think that that happened. I don't mean to be racist, but I just didn't know that Chinese people could do that with their hair. It's exciting. I didn't. I just. I'm sorry. I don't mean to well, be so close-minded. You, I, it's all CGI, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, well, uh-oh, some oh. officer beat his hand up. Protection that, money. That guy looks familiar. They're all tough gangsters. You probably, did you go to a, a gangster con? No. Oh, no, no don't do that. It's too late. As a, uh. All right, hang on a second. We're going to do a time check. Sorry. It's all right. We're going to pause. Hang on. We got, we just buffered. So go ahead to 446. 446. All right. And then uh, you have 446, and we'll count down. Three, two, one, go. So we're at One Night at Roxbury. There yeah. is uh, Will Farrell, uh, Chris Catan. I'm really excited about their floral wear as well. This is, uh, it's um. What is love? Oh, they're at the Hyde Park, which must be in Knob Hill. Was this, this filmed in, in San Francisco? No, this is uh, Hong Kong. Okay, I believe. Hong Kong. I believe. I mean, I could be totally ignorant of this, but one thing I do like about the city is that it's the, the mission. mission. So we're in the dun, mission. Dun. We're in the mission and here right now. this is right not now. the Daniel Day-Lewis movie. No, well, when you said the mission, I was like, oh, what is this going to be about? And I thought maybe that's the Daniel Day-Lewis or something, but... But nay, we've got a gun you, in our face. Were you were you against doing this movie, Pam? Were you like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't missing you. I ain't missing <laughs> I you ain't at all. I ain't you at all. Oh. You. I love that song, karaoke. That's a good karaoke song. Thank you. That is a good remind. karaoke. I should write that down in my book. Speaking of karaoke, the movie after the opening credits starts out with the aftermath of a gunfight in a bar, and uh, it was a karaoke bar. They was a really bad singer. Oh, and this they guy just shot. shot everybody. It's a Super Bowl, which I reminds that's next weekend. Super Bowl, Super Bowl weekend? show, yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I am so excited that it, the NFL is almost done, so that I can have my boyfriend back. Oh, your baseball boyfriend. Boyfriend's back, and he and and I I like to watch basketball, so that's fine. But this whole NFL thing, really, I'm not into. I'm more into the the drama here with these guns being drawn than I am to. NFL. Well, th- yeah. Boss, I'll cover you. Go. So we got a bunch of guys with guns and shooting and wow. blood. Oh. Oh, and she's protecting, of course, using. A, uh, it's a, a steel enforced 
waiter tray. Did it say ba- I said basketball in neon lights? And there's a Raiders. Raiders. Look, Raiders logo. Oh, wow. Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Look at that. This movie. They're everywhere. This is an American football bar. Raider Nation. Oh, look, the P, is that the PBR girls? No, There's a P-R-G leg for the letter I, girls. They do look like girls, I'll grant them that. So this is a sports bar. You notice the TV sets are all kind of showing staticky images. That's just because it doesn't line up with the, the film that's recording the movie. Uh, well, they didn't they, but they already shot out the TVs. Well, that, you think that's that would what be happened? stupid. It would be stupid to shoot out the TVs because... Why would you care? I mean, like, why would you, it's not like they're, it, I mean, you'd shoot out the cameras, but not the TVs. I mean, you would be asking for it if you're, someone's watching the Raiders and you shoot out the TV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would not, it would not be a good thing. Again here with the interesting hairstyles. This guy. Yeah. Guys. Well, he's got, he's late for his job as editor at the Daily Bugle <laughs> where he's going to yell out at young Peter Parker. That, that, okay, so cop number two there needs to do a little work on his gun work. That was really sloppy. Are these cops? Aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. They don't, they look like... Hey, this guy looks like a cop. Right? How I'm about the, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl restaurant? restaurant? There it is. Now hey, wait, we know. How many times has the Raiders gone to the Super Bowl? Like two years ago, that, and that's it? In 1999, were they like Super Bowl restaurant worthy to have their, their poster up against the wall? Well, I think that Raider Nation is so vast that it spans across seas. Yeah. And, um, it's here on YouTube. And yeah, here it is on YouTube. So if you're from the Raider Nation uh, legal department, uh, I would sue to get this movie off YouTube. Yeah. Uh, this guy is super smooth. This is the way I walk around with a gun in a restaurant, yeah. uh, kitchen restaurant. You know what the great thing about shooting in a restaurant yeah. kitchen is that the craft services is like right there. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen any karate yet. There hasn't been any, like, literal ass-kicking. This movie is about gangsters, and these gangsters have guns. These gangsters have guns. Yeah. See, all of my racism is coming out against... I, I, this is my it's first right. Cantonese film. These uh, So, he, there was, uh, during the 90s, there was a big interest in films from Hong Kong. I would say partially when uh, Reservoir Dogs came was revealed, that it stole a lot of its movie from, from a different movie called uh, City on Fire. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a Ringo Lam director, and he was one of these directors from Hong Kong during the 90s uh, that cranked out a lot of movies, and uh, of course, a lot of them did have success here in, in America and in Hollywood, uh, and then some just kind of disappeared, they they all kept making movies. Johnny Toe has been making movies like just two or three a year. Wow. Yeah, and uh, they they vary. This is his classic kind of gangster style movies, but the comedies are broad and crazy. One of my favorite movies he did was called Love on a Diet, which was a big hit, and it was a woman in a fat suit. And, wow. And it was really funny. I mean, it was a fat suit comedy, but I, I thought it was funny. Wow. Well, and we take all we take all our ideas from them. Patsy comedies are really bad, though. It's, I know. It's yeah, the Cameron. Di- what's the ca- is it Cameron Diaz that's in the one that? Oh, uh, there's. It was. It Gwyneth was, Paltrow, right? Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Yes. Shallow Hal. Shallow Hal. And Fat with, Gwyneth. With Frank. Fatsy yeah. Gwyneth. Fat and Bridget Jones Diary. I believe she maybe at least for the first movie wore uh, fat suit. Wow. Wow, I didn't know that. That's an interesting little. Uh, Mike Myers wore a fat suit for Fat Bastard. Yeah, duh. He named his character Fat Bastard to boot. Uh, Big Mama's House. Right. Right, those are fat suits. Fat suit comedy. Uh, I like, but see, now that's the thing. If you've got a cross dressing black man comedy, fat suit comedy, that's different. Yeah, what about white chicks? Well, I was, I mean, Shallow Howl was like, I did not. 
I did not like it that much. But I'm not surprised to know that Quentin Tarantino stole his idea, of course, from some cool, like, well, Cantonese movie. Yeah, well, that's like, the idea. So, it's so, that's such a Quentin Tarantino thing to do. But, I like, I'm, I'm going to watch these obscure movies. I'm going to watch tons of movies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write my own just like it. <laughs> Yeah, is that your Quentin Tarantino? That's my Quentin Tarantino. Okay, well, here we are. I'll be. I'll do my Charlie Rose. Hello, welcome to Charlie Rose. Uh, we have a special two-hour special with my guest, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, why is this color uh, sky blue? Well, I see. When I I started, I actually I made this guy. I was gonna get him. I was gonna do this color of the sky, and I was gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it. We're gonna we're gonna roll some dice. We're gonna chop off someone's finger. We're gonna take a story. We're gonna take another story. We're gonna take a story from old doll. We're gonna take it. We're gonna take it. We're gonna steal it. Uh huh. And uh, what's your opinion on Brian De Palma? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one of the things was there. It, this is on YouTube. So, there, a guy, no relation to, is a different Mike White. There's another Mike White who's a writer director. It's a different gentleman. He made a film called Who Are You Trying to Kid? Uh, and it was showing side by side scenes from Reservoir Dogs and Sitting on Fire, showing the whole thing about a cop being a fake cop and the, getting the camaraderie. And that, so they showed scene by scene, but he's always now just known for ripping off storylines. He he's kind of a pop culture Cuisinart, you know, who takes different ideas and reappropriates it, whatever. I mean, even uh, the last movie he did was kind of based on a storyline of a TV western from the fifties. Oh, uh, Hateful Eight. The the idea of these gangsters being these uh, thieves being held up. By the way, wouldn't you want to live here in this movie? It, in it, well, I'm not a big fan of minivans, but uh, that's it. I mean, it minivans. It looks like a cool. I don't want to. Yeah. And looks, Hong Kong looks like a cool place, I suppose. We were watching these gangsters on our freeway or our highway. I guess it might be a highway. They might have to pay for it. I'm surprised that I thought that uh, they were so more overpopulated. It seems like they have a lot of open spaces. The interesting thing about this movie is that a lot of scenes in in uh, in the city in Hong Kong, there's nobody there other than the gangsters. And we'll have scenes where it's like three in the morning and it's just them having a right. gunfight. Yeah, and maybe it's on a maybe it's on a lot. You think they have sets and lots like Hollywood? Like there's a Chinese Hollywood, it, like a Bollywood, but maybe a. The Chollywood? I don't know. I've never been to movie sets, but from what I understand, like if you need like a uh, 1900s New York City, they have several blocks. Or if you want wow. a Western town, they have several real life, uh, real real life blocks. Well, this is clearly in a hotel. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm what do you think of her hair? Um, it's pretty. It doesn't. It's, this, it's, she's, it's regular. It doesn't surprise me in any way. Smuggling a couple of steaks in there, I think. Brother. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying their their period uh, furniture though. That's that's nice. Yeah, this is like Ethan Allen quality furniture yeah. right here. The salesman like must have upselled them when he when he bought all his uh, set there. Well, they Ethan Allen actually moved a lot of their manufacturing to China so they wouldn't have to to go that far. Well, there you go. So he probably picked it up before they sent it to the states. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the bear rug he has. All right, here we are. We're at Parkinson. Parkinson. That's a terrible name for a store. Well, it's a bar. Oh, that's uh, even worse because you've got, the, I mean, you drink so much, you get the shakes. Or maybe, Yeah, right. It's a coffee house. It's a coffee off. house. There you go. Yeah. Right. The blonde. See, even he mentioned the blonde hair. Well. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's a barber shop. And I guess this, uh, maybe this barber is like a gangster barber. I, that is now that is a movie I'd like to see. Oh no, there already was. There was Don't Mess with the Zohan. 
Oh, right. He was. He, he was, was a, a gangster yeah. barber. And he nothing is new. You know, they're making a sequel right now. Uh, he's detained at the airport trying to get to the States. <laughs> Zohan. <laughs> By the way, uh, Pam, you know, there's seven countries that people can suddenly not go back, So, which has, does affect... Me, it affects people I know, neighbors. That's insane. Well, you know, like, so let's say you're a resident and you go and you visit your home country of Iran. Now you can't go back. Now you can't come back here. Yeah, so your Once apartment you in San Francisco, say, you can't go back to it. Whoa. So, uh, but you can listen to muniradio.com. I, 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 I've been hearing about yeah. that, that that stuff is going on. Yeah, but well, they're... they're uh, so anyway, that's real time. That's history is happening. History so is happening. Have, history is happening. So, as much as I do like these movies, yeah. But you well, know. it's scary. I mean, it's, we've got a, It's only been a week, and that's the first thing, and, it's, yeah, and the things are going to keep the first rolling. Thing. Well, there's been a lot of things, yeah. but the gag order until until we can't communicate, and it's all very scary. But uh, and it's the same. Th- it's the same thing that Hitler did. And so we just have to watch out that we don't become Germans, you know, like because right. there were a lot of Germans that weren't Nazis, and then all of a sudden they're like, we don't have a problem with Jews, and then they're like, they're killing. They're not killing Jews. What? They're killing Jews. Well, like, I, I do have to say, it was Friday was Holocaust Remembrance Day, and it was the first time the U.S. president had mentioned the word Jews. <gasps> And he gave a reason saying that when he's met innocent people, there were others than Jews. And that was the same day he signed this order preventing people to come into the country. Wow. You can still listen to us uh, uh, if you're in Iran here at MuniRadio.fm. Yeah, absolutely. yeah absolutely. I don't think that they mess up with your internet. I know you in China though they have they have different, or in Korea I've heard they have they have different internet, and there are certain things that you can't find or that you don't have access to or that are like illegal. That's great. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I've never, I don't know about Chinese internet. As long as it has Minecraft, I don't care what. <laughs> Do you really play Minecraft? Uh, I, I'm in a household that Minecraft is played at, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, here's a blondie. So the, the, the big guy is eating peanuts and he's throwing it on the glass table. Even though there's ashtrays you can dump the peanuts at. Well, I mean, this is character development, right? This, this guy just doesn't give a shit. Right, yeah, another character development. It's character development. These suits, by the way, are all flammable. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think they're, they're gangsters that are meeting for the first time. Gangster A, gangster B. Well, one of the things Quentin Tarantino did after the success of Reservoir Dogs is he started his own distribution company called Rolling Thunder, and he, he re-released his cinematic, like, art house release, uh, releases of Switchbait Sisters and uh, Detroit 9000, these kind of fun movies, but he also released a lot of films from Hong Kong that came out during the 90s, these action films similar to this one. This, this is more, I mean, I have to say, Johnny Toe has, has an amazing style to him. And, I, you know, uh, people always say I always play bad movies, but I play movies I like, and I, I love this film. Look how cool it looks. It I takes, mean, it, it, it's, it's... It looks like a Michael Mann movie. Sure. Yeah. Well, Quentin Tarantino's a thief. 
He's a well, boring that's not thief. So when he came out with Pulp Fiction, this filmmaker named Mike White came up with a sequel to his short. And by short, I meant there wasn't YouTube to watch it. Now it is. You would have to get a video cassette, a dubbed copy video cassette from your friend of, you know, weird stuff. And that's how I saw it. It was on a tape with the uh, Star Wars Christmas special and the Brady Bunch Live performing wow. at a mall. You know what I mean? Like it was one of, one of those video cassettes. The Star Wars Christmas special is one of the best things ever oh. in the universe. Did you see? I saw it as a kid. Yeah. And when they visit Chewbacca's family, uh-huh. and his wife and his kid. Yeah. And the weird little, it's, it's so great. It's so great. Poor Carrie Fisher. She looks like she's so cooked out of her head. It's she, great. Well, I think maybe it's just because it's video that everyone looked a little bit awkward. I, I do remember going back to elementary school the next morning, and it was the equivalent of like an elementary school water fountain, and we we're all just like, "What? What was that? Did you, did you see that last night?" Because there was no like making gifts on the fly for your Twitter feed. It was just you had to wait till the next day to go to school and tell people we'll talk about it. And then it disappeared. And so it was on these tapes. And so uh, Mike White made another film following Pulp Fiction called Quinn and Who Are You Still Trying to Kid? Oh, right. And he took, he showed all the references from Pulp Fiction that he took, you know, uh, Sonny Chiba movies and and the like. And, but by this point, Quinn Tartino was kind of critically bulletproof from taking other films. He was like the, the Coen brothers. He's appropriating various films. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. He has um, two more films and then he's done. So. <laughs> Whereas Johnny Toe. Johnny Toe just cranks him out. He doesn't. Cranks him out. Doesn't give, doesn't give a shit. What is his film? So his gangster films consist of this. It's people playing around guns. It's not very action yet. Well, you know, they love their, their machinery. He's testing out his gun. This guy's testing out his peanuts. Yeah, he's kind of chunky too. Maybe that's part of his character development. Yeah, that's why the guy's eating peanuts. It's like Brad Pitt in Oceans 11, 12, and 13. <laughs> he's eating in every scene. Really? It's a weird little, and it's a weird thing that Brad Pitt does. He likes to eat on film, and it's funny for whatever reason. And if you notice it too, like in every scene in Oceans 11, he's got something in his mouth the hot dogs, terrifying. And nachos. Well, those movies don't make any sense. Uh, the third, the third one, sequel, uh, threequels are always tough to watch because they're so detached from the original source. Right. It's just about. It's just a vehicle for the actors. Right. And they say, "Oh, people like these characters. Let's just put them in." So I think the situations. Ocean's Eleven was let's rip off uh, Andy Garcia's Casino, and the second one was let's do a crazy postmodern heist that breaks the fourth wall. And the third one was, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know that I saw the third one. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a, another one, Ocean's 8. No. It's all, all lady criminals. No. Yeah. 8 and 11, those are uh, gambling crafts games. And, and it's Ocean's 8, and it's going to be like, what, his daughter or something? No, it's going to be, I mean, it might be Julia Roberts, but it's going to be like... Julia Roberts is <laughs> too old for that. I mean, if they wanted to do something like that, they'd have to have, what's his face? George Clooney. It'd well, have to be his daughter, and she'd have no, to be no. some hot 20-year-old. They might not even be related to the original criminal. Matt Damon isn't even, well, that's what his name, was, his name was. His name was Ocean. That was the whole point, is his last name was Ocean. Danny Ocean. That's in the, the Ocean. Frank Sinatra movie. 
Frank Sinatra's all his movies were crap uh, uh, dice references. There oh. was uh, Ocean's Eleven. There was uh, uh, Robin Hood and the Seven Hoods, right? And then I guess there must be a movie with the four or eight in it. Well, know. here's the, here should be the plot of Ocean's Eight. Okay. George Clooney and Julia Roberts have a daughter. She's in her early 20s. And there's some cute guy. Like, like, remember Matt Damon used to be cute, but now he's too old. Right. And what's up with that Great Wall movie? What, the white guy made the Great Wall of China? I mean, we're talking all about right, China. Now you're so all over the place. Like, there's a movie called The Great Wall starring Matt Damon. Coming up. Yeah. I've seen it on uh-huh. the thing. I saw the posters and I'm like, what? Well, the reason is because Matt Damon is an international movie star and China is the hottest international movie market in the world. So it's a Chinese interest movie with an American white actor. Wow. So. I, I, cause I couldn't even, I was looking at the billboard and I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> Matt Damon. So anyways, but yes, we've gone all the way around the horn. Well, no, it, it's a little upsetting. There, there always talks about making uh, Japanese uh, cartoon anime movies into live action films and it's a white cast and it just doesn't seem like that's the point in these movies or the audience of this pattern. Like, Audiences will watch what it is. They'll watch stories. So, you know, there's a movie with Kevin Spacey uh, called 21. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm-mm. It's So it's a, li- a true life story about a guy who's an MIT student who figured out a way to cheat in blackjack. Cool. And what happened to him. Except he was actually Asian in real life, but he's not in the movie. Whoa. Yeah. So it's based on his memoirs. I believe so. I might be a total idiot if that's not the story. So uh, we're well, now at a not, mall. That's a huge crux of like the composition of a person. Well, that's just, the story is who he is. And, and to, to quote whitewash it, is, it really is, uh, it, it betrays the story. Yep. So, okay, this no guy. No integrity. So maybe this guy, maybe Jay James. There's the peanuts. This guy's been eating peanuts and, or pistachios or uh, sunflower seeds in every scene. So look, here they are, and obviously it's popular enough to have Gatorade ads, and it's the middle of the night or morning, and they're the only Nobody ones there. Anywhere. No one's there. They're just parked in the middle of the road. So cool, though. I want to move to Hong Kong. My friends went to Hong Kong for their honeymoon. Yeah. I haven't talked to them yet, but they're big foodies. They like to eat. Oh. So I think that that was the whole thing. Is like. Yeah, we'll see some restaurants. Like they eat these soup dumpling things there that it's a dumpling and then you put a straw in it and then there's like molten hot soup inside of it and you suck it out and then you eat the dumpling part. Oh, I love it. I want to eat some dumplings. <laughs> so, but it's like the dumpling is the bowl. It's funny. I, I, I think it's cute. And the other things I've heard about Chinese. Whoa, they just Ooh. shot the boss. Oh no, the boss. They're doing a terrible job. Their they mission, are so really bad. You have one mission. Me. You know that meme, you have one job? Uh-huh. You have one mission. Protect this guy. Yeah, Shun, and Shen Young in the back. That's everyone. But who fucking shot him? Like, here we are in a side alley of a major metropolis. And no one else got shot except him. Everyone else is... Well, they, they were some sniper rifle experts. Yeah. Because he's the only one who got shot. That's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. So my favorite thing I've heard about the China is that they have these restaurants. Oh, there they are. With... Um, the downstairs is a fish tank and the fish live in the tank and then you pick the fish 
and then they kill the fish. And sometimes they'll bring you the fish. They'll like deep fry the fish while uh-huh. it's still alive, and it'll come to you, and its mouth will still be all. That sounds good. That's fresh fish. Yeah, it's like dying in front of you because it's been deep fried. I would point my gun at it, like in these movies. <laughs> it's like shooting fish in a barrel, <laughs> which doesn't make a lot of sense because if you shot fish in a barrel, you'd break the barrel with the with the bullet. Right, but it'd be easy to catch. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're trying to shoot fish in the ocean. Right. All right, this guy has the best dry cleaner in the world, and he's ruining it by throwing suits. <laughs> How did he get the suit? That that is some great trajectory there. It's a yeah former javelin thrower. Well, that's a Chinese they, Olympic team. Those are wires they use. They normally use for fighting. Yeah, I don't think because they're, they're not using it for fighting. They used it for the just for the jacket. So these snipers are on top of it. Looks like a giant parking garage, multi-story. Or abandoned loft. Like, isn't there anybody here? <laughs> There's no lights on. There's no There's lights on. No, it's not There's no someone lights. who's... It's just gangsters. There's no tents on the sidewalks. Where's craft, craft services in all of this? Yeah, where's craft services? They shot craft services. <laughs> uh, the other uh, cool thing are in on the China Sea... There are these enormous crabs that have huge, huge crab pincers because they eat uh, all the dead Indians because the Ganges River, you know, they, f- they throw their dead people down there and then it washes out to sea and then there's these amazing crabs that eat the bodies uh-huh. and they have these and they're highly prized by the Chinese and they've got these huge monster crab claws like it's so big because they eat people. <laughs> That's really gross. And then we, then we eat the crabs. Of course, because crabs are delicious. It's the same thing with lobsters. They're all just sea bugs. See, I would be crabby too if I knew I was eating human. Yeah. <laughs> Crab salad. Yeah, here we so go. I'm, Still I'm, fighting. I wonder if other animals eat humans. Like if they feed, well, they feed in gangster movies, they feed people to pigs, right? Right. In the movie because, Snatch. Because the uh, pigs can go through a bone right. of butter. Yeah, and, that's, uh, and then you can kill the pig and make salami. Sure. Or if you already have the deli, you might as well just take the human and make salami out of, out of the human right there. I don't know. Cut out the I middle think, pig. Well, that's true because it's the long pig. That's what they call human uh, in those weird islands where they eat people. Oh, really? Long pig. Long pig. Yeah. That's true because you can put an apple in their mouth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Long, long pig. Uh, I'm assuming delicious stuff. In... um. The Dark Tower series by Stephen King, he has them eat babies. The crazy, huh. the low men, the vampirish people. They, there's a scene where they go in the back and they're roasting a baby on a spit and has a little apple in its mouth. I'm like, Stephen King, you're a funny guy. So they only eat like once every two weeks. Unless they have to go to the baby market. Right. The supermarket. Well, there's no market. shortage of babies. Oh my God. And you just, people won't stop well, having I think them. if I knew if vampires are going to roast my baby, I would hide my baby. <laughs> Well, you're a good parent. Hiding in barbecue sauce. You're a good parent, even though you let your child play Minecraft. There must be like a lot of like self safe shelters, and they'll be like have like barbecue sauce well, next to it. And that's the, the the safe surrender sites where they say you can give your baby away yeah. without questions asked, and that's so they they can just throw it right on the Barbie. That's absolutely right. Then you can just you could just put a, bar, a barbecue grill right barbecue next to grill it. right next to it. Yeah. Well, firemen love to make chili. So if a firehouse is a safe surrender place, you can make baby chili. Firemen sure. Baby chili. I don't know a 
if you'd want to waste baby meat like that, though, because it, I think it is so tender. It would be so tender that to, to cook it for a long time in I'll a just stew do it. Yeah, would, be a right. wa- would be a real waste. That's like for rancid baby meat. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to any people out there that like babies. <laughs> or was a baby. Or was a baby. Or listening to this show. Or listening to BD Radio. Uh, so they're back at the same like side entrance. Right, where they were getting shot earlier, but now yeah. everything's okay. But there's like no cops after No, there's not. There's no, they were shooting. They were shooting for like 10 minutes and there's yeah. nothing. There's yeah. empty, another empty road. I mean, did, how much does he have to pay? Do they just film late, late night when everybody's... You well, know, they confined? definitely... I mean, I'm sure they, they shoot on location. They shoot late night or they, they do from day to night shots where they shoot at dusk and pretend it's daytime. But they, they probably get a permit from the city to, to shoot a film uh, and just do it. So it's their call to put extras in the shot. Oh. You know, they could sure. have people play and actually he did a movie which i did see the four star called drug war which is from uh, 2012 and they do have this crazy shootout in the broad daylight with children and mothers and like just it's insane so i you know i give him credit that uh these films were it's 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 dreamlike to see a city scene where this gunfire is going on you don't know there's some sniper in a mysterious building trying to shoot your boss uh, and now they're in some big, huge house. So, and that's funny to me because I've always thought that China is this incredibly overpopulated place with very little space. And <laughs> everyone's sort of on top of each other. And like, he's got a pool, but I it, guess it's because he's such a gangster. It's like the, uto- the dystopia from uh, Re- Ready Player One. It's, it's just trailer parks on top of trailer parks. <laughs> well, this is a very glamorous place to be- get beat up, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's a good use of... Um, it's a good use of the 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 with the water and the uh, on the wall, and it's really yeah. pretty. It's this guy knows how to fight. He boxed his ears in a couple of times, kicked him in the ribs. Yep, and then just nimble like a cat. This guy jumps right yeah. up, right up those steps. He says, "Come on, let's get out of here and fuck this old man." Now I gotta get my shoes shined again. <laughs> Is this, uh, was this some sort of rival? He said, can you pass the Frank's hot sauce? And he said, what? Tabasco in this household. And then had a big fight. <laughs> oh, and he limps away. This is a Tabasco household. I'll fight you. I, you know, I, Tabasco is not my favorite hot sauce, but I like it better than uh, Tapatio. Oh, Tapatio is all right. I like Tapatio. It's the old samurai. And Do you like Sriracha? I used to, but I think it's been overdone, and so now I'm not a big fan of it anymore. I'm like, I I nanny for this one family where they bought him, uh, the dad, they bought him this thing. It's just every couple of months they send him three new bottles of hot sauce that are all insane and amazing. And I had one that was habanero and um, maple. Maple habanero. Well, that sounds oh, good. Oh, boy. It was just, it knocked my socks off so good. But I love babysitting at their house because I eat all this hot sauce. <laughs> like artisanal hot sauce, you know. None of this Tabasco stuff. There's a place called Hot Sauce in Panko in San Francisco. They moved from the, the Richmond District to uh, Chinatown. But they make a wide variety of chicken wings. And one of the offerings, they sell a gringo bandero hot sauce, which is Dexter Holland from... Uh, that keep it separated band oh uh, keep it separated yeah, yeah uh-huh. out, out, out cast outland out 
anyway, so he has his own sauce. There's a picture of him wearing a sombrero. He's the gringo, uh, whatever I just said. Wow. And it's pretty decent sauce, I have to admit. There's the cheese marin celebrity. The celebrities do have hot sauces. Hot sauce is like weird novelty. Sure. Bottles of glasses where it'll be like puking, dying unicorn hot sauce. Right, exactly. Yeah. And people will buy it. They'll spend like $9 on it because they think it's cheeky. Uh, my favorite hot sauce of all time came in a glass bottle with no picture on it because it was from a faraway land. Uh, it, was fr- it was from one of those islands past... Like past Jamaica, like down, down there, like down huh. in the, what is it called? Shit. But uh, it was one of those, it's one of those weird countries Cuba. like Curacao or something. That's gotcha. the name of an alcohol, but it's something down there. San Francisco is an island. Manhattan. Um, no, I wasn't, yeah. but so anyways, it was really good. And it was like, it was this bright orange color and I, they just brought it back with them from, and I was like, wow, I can never get this guy. I think it was just like ground up habaneros. I did go to a, a taqueria in Sacramento and they had their own hot sauce and it was so good that they actually sold it. Yeah. Like in a little squeeze bottle and I had it and then I just bought a bottle and it brought it back to me. So, uh, just, oh, look at this guy. This guy, don't fuck with him. It's the Psy right. guy again. This is going to be a fight out. It looks like the PSY guy. He says, Uncle Gundam style. I don't even remember. He only looks like Psy because he has a a nice suit, clean uh, shoes, a really bad haircut, and ridiculous goggle-like sunglasses. Right. He looks Korean-ish. John Lennon would look at those glasses and go, I look like that. Oh, Oh, he's going for the old neck crack. And meanwhile, the rest of the tears just watching. Oh, he oh, oh he's a razor blade. Oh, now we're in trouble. Here. SR. This guy's like, I don't know what the fuck I should do. He's like, yeah, uh, I, I'm a bummer. It's a bummer because these white tablecloths. Yeah. Good thing there's nobody in this restaurant. Yeah, there's nobody there. He slit his throat yep. and just casually sauntered outside. Left the uh, weapon at the, on the Oh, there. wow. That's a smart thing to do. Lock, Lock him up, in. yeah. Well, he's gonna tumble over. Oh, now you gotta get Debbie to queen instead of reset the table, and she's not gonna quit. It's only so much Debbie will do. Debbie, their waitress. Right now, I I I gathered Debbie. Uh, Debbie does Dallas. Debbie, I I can hardly hear you, boss. You sound like you got slit. C- can you work a double shift? <laughs> God damn! I wish I could slit your throat. Too late. See, look, he's just empty hanging outside the restaurant. Street. Yeah. Well, there's a couple right, of people. A couple people. There Practically the empty street. That car is one of the characters. A lot of Guy Ritchie gangster movies are like that, like Snatch, like I mentioned, where they do gangster things in the streets of uh, London or New York or what have you, and nobody notices, you know? There's nobody there in right. the background. And they're just... That they're being so cool. There we go. They just, the guy's still inside, right? Yeah. Mm. See, there's a guy eating peanuts. You know, uh, he paid him, ironically, he was paid a lot of money. To eat peanuts? Yeah. You would figure he would work for peanuts. I I just, every scene, it's it's his thing, it's his gig. They didn't pay him much. He worked for peanuts. Yeah. He worked for peanuts. Finally, he worked for peanuts. Oh, is that cocaine? 
Uh, he's making a blunt, I guess. Oh, he's doing the uh, prank where you put a mat stick in uh, your cigarette. What? He just stuck. Oh, he a, put some poison in it or something, huh? But they're doing cigarette roulette. Who will get the cigarette with the wooden match in it? Probably the guy who feels a wooden match in their fucking cigarette. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you're you all the young gangsters together. Here, have a cigarette. Well, yeah, they always have this fraternal bonding scene where they, they join together. Janine Toad did this amazing film called uh, uh, Too Young, uh, A Hero Never Dies, which is also the name of another movie. And it's about the loyalty, the friendship of these two opposing gangsters and how their, their, their bosses turn on them and it's in insanely violent ways. And it's such a cool-ass movie. But one of the things they do is they decide to do a chicken fight where they drive their cars at each other. <laughs> yeah, footloose style. <laughs> but they hit. Whoa. Yeah. And then they go into their favorite bar and they have their own kind of whiskey behind the bar. The, di uh, the Dick Hard Whiskey? Oh. oh. You didn't know. Uh, yeah. Happy, happy Chinese New Year to you. <laughs> you got the magic Chinatown cigarette. I was Friday. Oh. And uh, it was just like uh, one street was just basically a crowd of people surrounding a bunch of firecrackers going off forever. You know. Why would people want to be that close to the firecrackers? Why not? I would. I would drag my kid up there. But it was like nonstop and it was shooting and people would be walking to a street corner and dropping fire, uh, firecrackers on the ground while they walk. That's yeah. terrible. You could hurt somebody. Yeah. Well, whatever. They're just like dump. This guy like dumped it on the ground. But there was a lot of shooting. So that was really cool. I would like to play one of his comedies. Comedies are kind of hard to riff, but uh, I'm glad. I'm just really excited that this movie is available too. Yeah. What's that big golden apple next to both? There's that's, a, there's uh, some golden bongs. That has a roasted special. baby inside there. Ah. Yeah. To consider yeah. it a delicacy. Oh, and now it's gone. It's actually baby tartar. It was there, and now it's gone. Uh, that is some bad continuity there, Johnny Two Toe. Yeah, it could be Johnny oh, nope, Two. there it is. There it is. Follow the bouncing baby. Oh, there it Let's is. See, so okay. is this a restaurant that has a private gangster suite? It's a big, I mean, that's a big suite for gangsters. Yeah, that's a, like, Especially with those crappy room. chairs. It looks like they're in a crappy, shitty hotel. They're at a uh, Jewish uh, community center. Super Bowl restaurant. It is Super Bowl restaurant. Didn't the guy just have a fucking murder in there? He's like open the next day. These are all the old guys. It's like the old guys versus the young guys. Yeah. Is that guy, is that guy Asian? He looks kind of Wow. So he has, uh, here we go. He's like the John Goodman of China. <laughs> John Goodman's gotten thin. Yeah. Well, he's been acting for over 30 years on movies and TV, so you always get to see his weight fluctuation, but <laughs> uh, he's been pretty, pretty trim. Nobody there. Again, no, they're not open yet? Oh, so I see. There's it's Debbie. A giant There's Debbie. Table. There's Debbie's Debbie. Cleaning She's cleaning up. the table. But Debbie has a private room. They probably went in there. So they're in this mall with this escalator. How cool is this? <laughs> this is what opened on Market Street. Did you see that new space that opened up? No. There used to be the uh, St. Francis movie house. And now it's like a, a, either a shopping center or a new mall complex. But uh, there's a glass facade and uh, there's interweaving uh, escalators, like crisscrossing escalators oh. that, that make the center of it. Well, this, this mall is different. Ladies and gentlemen, the Brady Bunch Live it's, will not be performing at this mall. It's an empty mall. Yeah, it's an empty mall. So they're shutting down in this mall. Oh, are they going to fight? They're going to fight in the mall? 
They got to wait for all the extras to leave. <laughs> There's security. Young uh, man going down. I have a security card and I see 12 gangsters on an escalator. Where's the peanuts, buddy? Use the peanuts to gum up the works. Uh oh, he threw a hat at him. Well, where are they? Yeah, where are the people going to come from? See, they can see the, the reflection of the, uh, the, uh, above them. They're shooting people on the escalator, which is this my is it's very tricky. It's a lazy man's fantasy, <laughs> right? To it's shoot a, people on an escalator. It's a tricky uh, direct, like to direct it, though. I would think. As an angry uh, white man, a middle-aged white man, I, I appreciate uh, freaking out on an escalator because you know you don't have to go up and down the stairs while you're shooting people. You could just stand there. You and stand there, and, yeah. yeah, and let it let it roll on where again this is the same plot point where are the guns coming from we don't know people are shooting at us from right. some undisclosed location dream like i don't dream-like. know i swear to god dream like this is uh they're looking for the director of mole rats come out kevin smith wherever you are <laughs> we just want to talk to you he is yeah i just watched yoga hosers and that's one you of the funniest did? movie that's one of the funniest movies i've ever seen it's not the worst movie of last year it was so funny. It right. wasn't terrible. I haven't seen it. Oh my Where god! Where did you it was see so it? Did funny. you see it on VOD? I saw it on BitTorrent. No, the um, probably on the Netflix or the Amazon Netflix, on or the Amazon one of those streaming? something like that. Yeah, and it, it, God, it was great. It had a theatrical release, and he did one movie called Red State where he I toured around movie. with it. I saw it at the library. Like I finally went and got a copy. It's a nihilistic film where a lot of CGI blood shots. Like here, they're using guns and they have gunfire, but these are all real life effects, right? They have right. squibs blow off and they have explosions. But for him, like you just CGI blood squirting out of someone hitting the camera. So it, 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 it was kind of a whatever. It's uh, it's a film, uh, but Yoga Ho just doesn't seem like a has a plot. It is so funny. It does have a plot. It's about the girls. And and also a tiny Hitler, tiny, right? And it's a story about uh, Hitler, tiny Hitler, and tiny Hitler, Hitler sausages. It's so hit his shopping mall, uh, convenience store. It is so weird, and it's he just made the vehicle for his daughter and his Johnny Depp's daughter, and then it's to have Johnny Depp back again as the guy from Tusk. You know that weird right, thing. It's Tusk. so, and I loved Tusk. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, but the, this is pretty brilliant. This is a, this almost looks like a Janet Jackson video here. Everyone's standing. They're doing the uh, mannequin challenge as they stand still holding guns. She's here comes five, security. Four, three, two, one. He's listening to his headphones. Two, two, two. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, InfoWars. I'm Andy Jones. Oh, see this guy sees all the gunfight. Everyone's standing still with guns. We are a part of the Rhythm Nation. Ow! Oh, they see the reflection of each other. Ha 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 ha! Oh, why did they shoot oh, the guy? guy the there was no reason. Uh, and oh, he was hiding behind the sign. He was gangster. an extra, and now he's dead. No, he wasn't. He was a gangster. He was oh, hiding he was a gangster. Dressed up as something else. The sign that they saw the reflections off of. There was a gangster hiding behind that. Oh, but they didn't have to shoot the guy. It was just a. Yeah, I know. Just because he wasn't wearing a suit with his gun doesn't mean he's not. Oh, this poor guy had. I can't tell who that. All Asians look the same to me. I can't tell who's a gangster. Another swipe. Cut. 
It's a nice house in yeah. uh, Oakland Hills. Well, it, it's almost like they're in Guatemala. Or, you know, it looks tropical. Is China tropical? Sure. This is an Uber ride. Yeah. Uber donated a million dollars to UCLA. Uh, UCLA to ACLU. Not the UCLA. Oh, that's great. ACLU. That's great. They might be alone to UCLA, but it was ACLU that they gave donated. Well, because yesterday, uh, not to date the show, uh, with the problems at JFK and the New York Union for Taxi Drivers decided to protest and not pick up rides for an hour. Wow, that's great. So then uh, Uber offered uh, rides with no uh, no surge. Oh, wow. So people are calling the boycott Uber for taking advantage of that. Oh, because they're scum. Because they're scum. Well... It's all, I mean, that's the thing is I, I it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem with America. It's a problem with capitalism and competition because capitalism thrives on competition. In fact, it doesn't work without it. And so when you've got cabs that used to be a non-competitive thing where you had to, oh, yeah, you I had get to it. do a certain thing and do it and that was great. And then they said, oh, but wait a minute, the internet has made it so that we can do this just like Airbnb. Right. And so then now we've got Uber and Lyft and, and what are they, what are they drawing all their money from? Our- If you write anything on your computer, you need to get to provide a professional service that shows liability and accessibility to people who may have uh, have needs, special needs. I mean, if you're coming in with a wheelchair, there's a, there's cabs to pick you up for that. There's hotels that can help you with that. Uh, that that are are set. There's there's codes. There's regulations. There's a reason why medallions are.
give us more Labinas. Do you think you can hear me? No, no. Yeah, you're pressing the mute button, right? Yeah, because the mute button doesn't send the thing. Music, I can probably hear myself. So bring up the level on that mic, and everybody can hear me right now. Yeah. 